It's the Mailbag Friday edition of Canucks Central. Dan Richo, Satyar Shah. We are in the Kintec studio. If you missed earlier on in the program, we had Yannick Hansen. You can check that out on podcast. His take on the Stanley Cup finals and um, how you go about building out a roster and some of the things that can uh, help it get over the top. And his thought on why Mike Babcock teams were so good? Well, he had Nick Lidstrom, so that helped. And Pavel Datsuk and Henrik Zetterberg. Yeah, those Detroit teams were pretty good. Not bad. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Just like the mailbag. All right, let's hit it. Producer Josh Elliott-Wolf and Elon with us today. We will start with this one from Discount Dracula. If the Canucks could cease being an NHL franchise and then come back as an expansion team, do you like their chances of winning a cup more? <laughs> Why? Because Seattle and Vegas have have had so much success. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, look at Vegas. The it's way a they fresh did. start. It is. Seattle's. I mean, Seattle looks like to be good. I mean, I keep coming back to Pedersen and Hughes. Mm-hmm. Like, you would get out of the OEL contract though, so that would help. Yeah, I mean, you you restart things. Okay, so here's the thing. You'd say yes because you get to restart at an earlier stage, right? You get a couple high draft picks in a row. You get lots of assets. You have a far better starting point. So if you nail the right two players and find those two guys in the draft, then you have a better chance of winning long term because you're doing it from from a from a fresh start. Right. I would say um, no, they wouldn't be in a better position. And we already saw with Seattle and their situation, like they got far fewer things to work with when they went through the expansion draft process than what Vegas did. You know, Vegas, like, they took on Marc-Andre Fleury. They got a first-round pick. You got those incredible, like, that that incredible trade and uh, acquisition of Jonathan Marchessault and Riley Smith from the Florida Panthers. Like, they they were given Jonathan Marchessault in order to take on Riley Smith because Florida was just like, this guy's not worth five million bucks. (laughs) They got Shea Theodore from the Anaheim Ducks because the Ducks wanted to. Who's the? Who did they want to hold on to in the moment? I can't remember exactly, but it was, it was somebody like Manson and obviously Fowler, and it was. Yeah, I, I think it was Vatnin. Was it maybe one of those guys? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was somebody of that ilk, yeah. and they decided Shea Theodore was going to be the odd man out. And we also want to get rid of Clayton Stoner. So uh, take Clayton Stoner and we'll give you Shea Theodore. We'll yeah. let you take Shea Theodore. Uh, that PXA who the they, they had draft. to protect because he had a no-move clause, I think. Right, as well. That's, yeah. uh, that also made it difficult on the Anaheim Ducks. So it, all of those things that happened in the lead-up to the Vegas expansion draft, like GMs learned. And they were like, we can't let Ron Francis get away with this and there was in some the mid- same way. Yeah, and that and there were some mitigating circumstances. Like, we, we laugh about the Florida thing, and we, we make fun of um, Dale Talon a lot for that trade and whatever. Mm-hmm. But ownership had directed them to cut salary. They were yeah. told to cut salary. And here's an expansion draft. They weren't going to be able to pay Marsha so because they, yep. they didn't have the budget for it, and they had to cut salary. So... They were kind of forced into dumping players, and that's kind of what happened. Like they didn't have the okay. Like I, I'm not trying to defend Dale Talon here or anything because you know I know he's had a 
He, he, his, no, but it's an important context. It is to, important context Something, to the story. They're mitigating circumstances, things that happen that allow the circumstance to present itself, which is which makes it a double whammy, I think, in terms of that happening again. But even with that being said, Seattle's in a pretty good spot in terms of decent assets. They have you know uh, you know three second round picks this year. They have their first. They have some good young prospects. They have some cap space coming up. They're in a pretty good spot. They just have to nail a couple more players. Um. I think their Coachella Valley team is also in the Calder Cup Finals as well. So Not bad. Things are going pretty well for the Seattle Kraken. The one thing about the Kraken, though, they didn't... Like, Vegas ended up with three first-round picks. They had their own, and then they had two others in the first round. Uh, you know, with those, you know, they were able to... They took Nick Suzuki as one of those picks, and they used Suzuki to get... Uh, Max Pacioretty from the Montreal Canadiens. You know, all those assets that they ended up collecting during the expansion draft process turned out to be assets for them to go out and make the big trades that they did. The Mark Stone trade, the Max Pacioretty trade, even the Jack Eichel trade where, you know, Peyton Krebs was used to get Jack Eichel. So, you know, Vegas did a really good job of doing that. And I just think um, the expansion draft process won't be as fruitful for whichever teams are to come next because we know Atlanta's coming back eventually. <laughs> I just don't know if uh, it would make the most sense. Uh, I don't know if it would be as perfect for the Vancouver Canucks as uh, as it's worked out for the Vegas Golden Knights. This one from BD Bogle. Will the Canucks be relevant this year? Do they finish near the bottom of the West? When do we start to see overall improvements in the entire operation of the franchise? Well, improvement-wise, I really hope it is next season. I, I do think they're going to be in the mix. Like, if you look at their roster, too, and compare it to the rest of the West, as long as they don't have, like, the same type of, I mean, what, what, how do you want to explain the starts the last two years, Dan? Like, how do you want to yes. explain it? Like, uh, As long as they show up for training camp? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Show up for training camp and are serious about playing hockey on day one. Like, if they if there actually yeah. are, they should be in the mix. Now, does mi- being in the mix mean you're going to make the playoffs? No, it doesn't. But there's no reason why they shouldn't be a 90-some point team as they're currently constructed. There's no reason why they shouldn't be a 90-some point team, which puts you in the mix of being a playoff team. Can they make enough moves to put themselves in a position where they project to be a high 90-point team potentially, and they're actually a team you, you can bookmark for the postseason? But I think that's the range they find themselves in. I don't think they're in that bottom of the West based on their talent here. I, um, I'm actually a big believer in what the Canucks at least from a foundational perspective, are trying to do. You know, they've built out the AHL team. They got their coach in now. They want to be and build better habits, build better culture, become a more functional hockey team in every area. And while it hasn't shown because of how last year started, I thought we started to see it come together towards the end of the year. And I know there's a lot of people on the text box and that listen to the show or going to say it's the no plan plan and all these types of things yeah i i get the frustration and i get all of the missteps that this organization has taken in the last few years and this isn't to say that they are about to build a stanley cup contender but i believe in this core and i believe in the idea of building out a better hockey team from a foundational perspective not just on the talent side they still need some work there But in terms of the way they play, having an identity of a hockey team and working towards building that out, coach and GM in lockstep on that, I think that's going to be something that helps the Canucks 
be a more consistent hockey club in the next few years? Erroneous. Just a random thought, not advocating for it to happen or anything. But do you think Pedersen could fetch the first overall pick next season if the Canucks were to ship him out? Maybe they can't agree to an extension or he has a change of heart. So next season's first overall pick? Yeah. So like as in like if so they don't greeny. So get through this season and then next year if Pedersen doesn't want to sign, you trade him for whoever has the first overall pick? Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not happening. Mm-hmm. I mean Macklin Celebrini right now doesn't have the same hype as Bedard does mm-hmm. or did at the same stage, but it's not too far off. Like he's, he's considered got quite a bit of yes, he's, he's got quite a bit of hype. He's considered like another generational potentially potential type of talent that's coming through, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's how uh, highly he's viewed. So let's say he's seventy five percent of Connor Bedard. If it's seventy five percent of Connor Bedard, even in terms of hype and how people feel about him, it's going to take more than Pedersen to make that deal. I just because they're going to have to pay Pedersen like 10, eleven million, twelve million, yeah. whatever it is, you know, ten plus million. They're going to pay him ten plus million. And he's a bit older than a guy who's 18. Who it just doesn't make sense. Why, why would that team do that? You know what I mean? Like unless unless they don't think that highly of him, highly of him, which means why would you trade Pedersen for a guy who may not even be as good? It's it's not about the value of the player. Like Pedersen might always be, or I mean, he is a first overall pick level of player, right? Yes, he got drafted at fifth overall, but. He's a franchise center, somebody that I consider to be a top 10 guy in the league. That's a guy that, you know, if you were going into the draft and, and, you know, the number one projected pick is like, well, this guy could project as being a top 10 center in the league for a lot of years to come. Like, yeah, I take that guy every day of the week. And yes, Pedersen is that guy, but so much of it depends on the salary cap situation that that team is in and, it's just, it's never equal value when you're talking about the first overall selection. Yeah. It's very difficult to make that work. And there's a reason why the first overall pick hasn't been traded in the National Hockey League since uh, Brian Burke made those 700 moves in order to acquire two and three at the 99 draft. Kieran, given the, the demand for centers and right-handed defensemen, is it worth drafting purely in those positions past the second round in hopes that some hit and get a surplus of those assets? Um, I think I have more time for that philosophy than just taking you know centers and defensemen only in the first two rounds. I'm not against that philosophy, actually. Like if you just load up on those positions and just take as many as possible outside the you know second round. Well, I'd be curious the, to see how that works out in terms of you being able to get ready-made players of those positions compared to other teams yeah. in the league. In theory, um, you know, when you when you say best player available, it makes sense at the higher parts of the draft because those are easier pro- to project talents. Yeah. Right. Um, whereas when you get later on in the draft, it becomes more of a crapshoot. We know the numbers. We know the percentages. It's the way it is. So why not just use your last four picks in the draft to take right shot defensemen and hope one of them hits. You're lucky if those, like any of those four picks in any situation, even if you draft the guy that is best on your board, you're lucky if one of those guys hits anyways. I'll say this. The draft that really hasn't worked out for the Canucks in recent years, the one where they didn't select a defenseman. And what has hurt their organization in the last couple of years, just how shallow they are. Yeah. At the defense position, 
in the organization and how much, you know, Patrick Alvine and Jim Rutherford are having to work the last year and a bit in order to start building out some more depth on the back end. Realistically, though, you need first and second round picks. Yeah. Just look at it. <laughs> honestly, honestly, look at the Canucks yeah. draft. They haven't had enough second round picks. That's the biggest reason. If you want to. They traded away too many They traded first as well, a couple first. But if you look at their history the past, say, 10 years or like nine years, let's say during this kind of spell, and the amount of second round picks they've traded, that's the direct reason why they don't have more young prospects coming through. All right. Next one from Nick. Is Carson Soucy the best UFA defender left on the market? Uh, I would say it's still Dmitry Orlov. Yeah, I don't think he's the best. And I think Carson Soucy, in terms of being the best fit for Vancouver, I can see that argument. I like certain things about Carson Soucy, but he's not the answer. Yeah. You know, like he's a versatile. Like he's, you know what he is? He's a left handed, younger version of Luke Shen to some degree. Mm-hmm. To some degree, but not quite as effective at certain things, I'd say, right? And not to say that you know Luke Shen's you know top four defenseman that's, that can go out there and play. So I think you can get certain, you can get something similar like that out of Carson Soucy. How much are you willing to pay for that? And the there going is a chance is going to be between two and a half and three million bucks. Yeah, and and there is a chance he's just a third pair guy that he's best suited yep. to be a third pair guy. And that's again now you're paying another three two and a half million for another guy that's going to be a third pair guy potentially. I mean. The Canucks have cornered the market on 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 top six, middle six wingers types, and if they add more guys making two and a half, three million, they're going to corner the market on two and a half, three million dollar defensemen. It'll be Ethan Bear making two point something. It'll be Tucker yep. Pullman two point something. It'll be this other guy making two point something, three million. It's like just scrap all that and give me somebody making five who's actually good. <laughs> Death by a thousand cuts. Like it doesn't work. You know, a lot of times. You can find, and as Luke Shen showed us in these last couple of seasons, there could be a guy that you find making or that you can buy for eight hundred, nine hundred thousand that can give you that two million dollar value, right? So why go and spend the two, three million dollars that it's going to cost to get maybe even more for Carson Soucy because he is being so propped up right now yeah. in this market that. You know, it just makes sense to sign a few. Like It's one of the things that worked last year for the Canucks and I would say even in the last year of Benning where they went and they got you know Kyle Burrows and a couple of other guys and just like, let's hope one of these guys hits. Yeah. Right? And, and it ended up working with both Burrows and Shen when they did that in that offseason. I'd far, I'm, like, I'd be much more inclined to do that than I would to sign a Carson Soucy. But don't kid yourself. Like... I'd rather, honestly, if, if Luke Shen makes it to free agency, I'd rather just give him 1.5. Yeah. Two years. 1.5, mm-hmm. you know, 1.6 or whatever, two years. Like we talked about, like, I know there, you know, we were joking with Drance. Drance mentioned that he's going to get, what, 3 million or something or 2.7 over two. And I'm like, there's no way. We'll yeah. see ultimately what he gets. But I think 1.5, 1.6 is going to be the range. I'd rather just give Luke Shen that money than paying a guy over 2 million in free agency like Susie. I wonder what um, a guy like uh, Dmitry Kulikov gets in free agency this year too mm-hmm. not that i love kulikov same type of thing though you know like i'm not paying but a guy like that more than 1.5 like i don't like that guy at two or more yeah that's that but that's what i'm kind of yeah alluding to right mm-hmm. I, th- I feel like his value is down and he probably brings similar value to a carson Susi, who right now is the talk of the town but really the only player they should be signing is eric gustafson who's the highest point scoring free agent defenseman 
hitting the market this summer. No, they should not be signing him. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Gustafson, what a stud. 42 points. No, no. Unbelievable. Yeah, been in health- Toronto too long. And you get healthy scratch, too, in the postseason. That's the type of player they should go after. Man, he, how many hat tricks did he have this year for the Washington Capitals? He was uh, he was unreal. He was so fine. good. He's fine. He's fine. He's just not the type of guy. I Vancouver kid. Needs. I, I kid. know. I know. Go I'm ahead. just. I'm just like. Sh- I'm just like. I got PTSD from bad free agent signings. <laughs> uh, Mr. Avocado, should the Canucks consider modernizing their current logo? So the whale. Uh, you know what? I, I do say some of the uh, some of the indigenous led artists that kind of recreated some of them. I saw some really cool ones. I'm not, I'm not against something mm-hmm. along those lines. I don't need like futuristically stylized logo. Or, like, you know, the, the trend now is to like simplify things and take yeah. the details out. I don't think that would look good. I don't think that would look good either. That's the no. only way I'd be for it. If you could do something along those lines, the, you know, the indigenous artist led designs we saw, which were really cool. Outside of that, I just say, keep it. I, uh, I like it the way it is. I know I'm plain. I like plain chips. I don't like too much change in my life. Coward. I like it the way that it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a coward. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, next one, Justin in East Van. What would an NHL team have to do to gain 4.2 million Instagram followers in 24 hours? Sign Messi. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's the only way. What uh, if? Um, what if they? Like, what oh. if they signed Peter Check to be a goalie? I mean, the answer was right there. Just just let, honestly, there was an easy way to do it. Just re- let Ryan Reynolds buy the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> right? Like, how much do you think the Ottawa Senators Instagram would go up if he bought the Senators? I don't know. I don't think it would go up that much. Not that much, but how much would it go up? Maybe Probably significant. like 500K. No, man. I don't know. Ryan million. Reynolds Ryan, is like a I think you're down, social media. But I think you're downplaying how yes. big a star Ryan Reynolds is worldwide. Like People, people many, who aren't even soccer fans watch Wrexham United because of Ryan Reynolds. It's insane. Yeah, yeah but I just don't know if people are going to... Because those are sports fans that are like, okay, I'll watch Wrexham. But I just don't know if people are going to... Are so attached to Ryan Reynolds that they would then follow... Go out of their way to follow the senators. I think they get him. I think they double up their follower list because he put it all on his socials. The power he has through like his entertainment network and everything like that. Like the amount of attention that would get. Like him just being interested in buying the team. He was on late night shows talking about it. Like he, he's, he's got, a transcendent star. He's got forty nine million followers on his. Forty nine million. And the senators have. How many do you think the senators? Oh, have? I bet you they have eight hundred thousand. Reach. Oh, uh, six hundred thousand. They have. 359,000 <laughs> Instagram. 300 Instagram, right. 350. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they'd okay, be over a million. To, 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 to Sat's point, million, yeah. to Sat's point, Lionel Messi has 469 million Instagram followers. 469. So 469. he has. <laughs> so he has 420 million more followers than Messi on Instagram than uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. More yeah. than Ryan Reynolds. And even Messi was only able to get like 5 million of those to. Only five, but yeah, but still five. I, that's what I'm saying. He'll get it. He'll Cause, get one because Insta- Instagram is like old news, you know, it's like the yeah. new Facebook. Like Ryan Reynolds was their best bet, I think. Like, realistically speaking, like outside of that, there's nothing else they could have done to 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 significant. Like, what else can you do to significantly up there? There's no like player uh, that's out in the world somewhere that people like bring him to the NHL, yeah, right. I, I would I would suggest uh, signing Peter Check to be a goalie on a on an NHL team. <laughs> That'll get you 100 followers. Is he actually plays isn't goalie? He playing he somewhere plays goalie. in? Uh, he's playing in Czechia. I think. Yeah, he plays like he plays uh, like he plays uh, beer league and stuff, and he plays goal. I thought he was playing like second division. In was Czechia. he? I don't yeah. know. Has he actually gone second division now? 
Yeah. Um, he left Chelsea to play second division. All right. <laughs> I would, too, with the way Chelsea's going right now. Yeah. Okay, well, probably not. No, Juventus is much better, so. Yes. <laughs> Basketball, Phil. All right. Best Canadian athlete currently playing in Denver. Is it Jamal Murray, Kale McCarr, or Nathan McKinnon? Denver, just a, a hotbed of Canadian athletes. Is there any? There's no one on the Broncos that's Canadian. Is there the anybody on the Colorado Rapids that's? Uh... Or the Rockies? <laughs> Rockies. Rockies barely have anyone in general. I mean, it's probably yes. it's Kale McCarr, isn't it? I would say McCarr. It's Kale McCarr. I mean, Kale McCarr is. Uh, who are the two best players in the National Hockey League? You got to name two. It's McDavid and McCarr. Elon? McDavid and McCarr. Josh? McDavid and McCarr. I want it to be different. But, but it, it, we yeah. can. We all agree. It's McDavid and McCarr, right? Yeah. So McKinnon is maybe like number three. Maybe. So I mean, it, maybe there's more of a debate between McKinnon and Murray. Like who's yeah. the second best in Denver? I'd still say McKinnon because as good yeah. as Murray is, Murray's great. When we love how good he is in the postseason and everything, but is he truly a top? Not even the best player on his team. Yeah, is he a top ten player in the NHL? I mean, NBA? neither is McKinnon. No, but is That's McKinnon bad. a top ten player in the NHL? You can make the yeah. argument relative to their peers. Yes. I would say McKinnon is better than Murray. I agree. Yeah. Relative to their peers, star wise, and I mean Jamal Murray has more star power than both those players. I'd say because he's an NBA star, and those guys have more cachet across the world and everything. But you know, I, I'd still I'd rank them: McCarr one, McKinnon two, and Murray three in terms of to, relative to their peers. Does that answer the question though? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's his best athlete. Then you get in a whole debate of like, oh, are hockey players better athletes than basketball players? And so I think the way you said it relative to your peers, that's the best way to grade this one. Yeah. Uh, one CDN. I've never been a cereal guy, but my son combines two cereals together. Looking back, I never did this growing up. But my question is, what two cereals combined would be your best combo? Their sons are uh, Vector and Rice Krispies. Vector and Rice Krispies. So See? I am very adamantly against mixing cereals. Really? It's a horrible wow. idea. Don't ever do it. That's not very progressive of you. <laughs> Mixing cereal. I don't mind when other people do it. It's fine. Um. Okay, I would go with Golden Grams and Reese's Pe- Reese's Puffs. Golden Grams and Reese's Puffs. I would say Rice Krispies. So when I was younger, I would I would mix because like cornflakes are kind of boring. Rice Krispies are kind of boring. But my parents would always have yeah. both, so I'd mix them together. Brilliant. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Gives a little crunch, a little different texture to it. It's not too bad. I'm, I'm not tr- against it. I'm trying to think of something that goes with Reese's Puffs because I feel like that's the best base. Yeah. Yeah. Not Frankenberries? <laughs> I don't know what Frankenberries are. I don't know. It's, a, it's an American cereal. They're, like, uh, very, very popular. People like bringing it back. Yeah. I got to change, like, so, like, I've, I've, I'm, I've got out of the – I'm getting some different types of cereal. No, I love cereal, but, like – just refined sugar is so bad for you, right? So yes. I'm trying to like I'm trying to get rid of re- refined sugar from things I buy. But cane sugar is okay, like natural sugars are okay and stuff like that. So I'm really trying to find some of those, and it's been a journey. Like some some of the uh, <laughs> life's a journey. Life's a journey. Some of them are horrendous. Like I got a, I got this cereal. I'm not gonna name it because I don't want to you know crap on this uh, on their brands or whatever. But like I'm like I'm I'm not eating this. I'm not finishing this. And I felt very very guilty about throwing it out because I'm like I'm not. I'm not Was gonna it eat the this. magic spoon? I'm not gonna tell you what it was. 
But okay. uh, it, it wasn't <laughs> that very feels good. Feels like it answers the question. And 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 it cost like nine bucks. So I was like, <laughs> for a box? Not nine. It was like seven. But still, yes. Inflation, man. It's getting everybody. So, yeah, I'm on on the journey I, for good healthier cereal. Uh, uh, the healthiest guy in the room is is on the journey for <laughs> being healthier. That's great. Who would have thought? It's it's a journey. It's always yeah. a journey. Let's go. Uh, JL, would you rather have a permanent unibrow or no eyebrows forever? We'll end with this one. Oh, man. Unibrow. Yeah, you got to go I'm with going unibrow. unibrow. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis, I mean, nobody even talks yeah. about his unibrow anymore. I mean, he's got to be good enough for people not to talk about it. But yeah. I feel bad because he, like, he just committed to that being his thing. That's now we can never not have a unibrow. No, but it's fine. He's happy. He's happy. He's happy. I mean, if he does it at some point, you know, then it would be a big story, right? Yeah. I feel like he did at one point. I think so. Maybe it was a fake did. ad. It was it a was fake April ad? Oh, yeah. that's what it was. That's what it was. Elon knows all the basketball stuff. He knows what's up. But yeah, I, I'd uh, say unibrow. I mean, I guess you could always get a, your eyebrows tattooed on, but that looks so weird. Right, like you, mm-hmm. you know, people that have eyebrows tattooed on, it just looks yep. doesn't look very natural. Yeah, I'd go with unibrow, team unibrow. Yeah, I would say so too. Uh, team unibrow. Uh, also, this text uh, correction from one of our listeners: Peter Check plays in the third league, third division third. in the UK. Thir- UK. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. so he's playing third division pro hawk. I don't know. I, Which is equivalent, to probably beer league here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Third division UK hockey. Third yeah. division of the UK. In hockey, yeah, I mean it would be like um, high level beer league. I bet. I bet you. I bet you. If you get uh, a bunch of the junior B guys together to play, they'd be, you know, better than those yeah. guys. Yeah, that's that's probably fair. Uh, so that, that's uh, all you need to know about Peter Check. Uh, keep those uh, questions coming in. Six fifty, six fifty. We'll get uh, to some uh, mailbag overflow in the next segment. You are listening to Canuck Central.